Peace, party people. Welcome back to Will My Killer Tape at episode 98. And today we interview the wonderful Brenda from Teacher Talk Tuesday. Get your notebooks out, man, because you, you need to be taking notes on this one. This one goes out to the educators, the parents, and to the babies out there. We talk about education during the quarantine. Um, and we also talk about books. We really shout out Octavia Butler. So check it out. Killer Tape at B. Peace party people. Welcome back to the next episode of Where My Killer Tape At. And I have a, another wonderful guest, someone that I found on Instagram who has just been giving me a whole bunch of advice as an educator and as a parent. So I thought it'd be a good idea to bring her here for all you educators that listen, especially to all you parents. I have Brenda of Teacher Talk Tuesday. Welcome aboard. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Definitely, definitely. Um, so we, you want to just go to jump in? You want anything you want to shout out real quick or anything? Well, one, it is Tuesday at the current juncture. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, yes, it is. Um, find out some fun lessons and sharing some laughs on Teacher Talk Tuesday. So you all check that out. Definitely. Not, not much for me because it is spring break. So I'm breaking a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So... The first question I have for you is, because this is a question that people usually ask someone who's in this field, what made you become an educator? Um, so what's very strange about me is that when I went back, after I graduated from college, I went back, my mom was like, get all this stuff out of my house. And one of my old memory books, from when I was like in first grade, I always wrote, what I want to be when I grow up as a teacher, what I want to be when I grow up as a teacher. And um, as I matriculated through school, I was like, I don't want to be no teacher. Kids act crazy. They teach, they teach <laughs> crazy. They don't get paid enough. Nah. So I did not go to school for education at all. Um, I actually have my degree in psychology. Okay. And I, but I, I've always gravitated towards children. And um, even with my psychology degree, my um, focus is in child development. Um, my minor was in juvenile justice. So it's like I've, I'm always focused on kids. So I've always found a way to work with them. And in my last profession, I was in, um, not a school counselor, but I was a therapeutic counselor in the school system. And okay. I teach different lessons, helping students learn how to regulate their emotions, how to how to deal with interpersonal skills and things. We had to teach lessons. And sometimes I would go into the classroom to support my students and things like that. And um, on certain days when they'd have substitutes, and of course, kids were wilding out with substitutes. Um, they'll be like, well, can you just stay in here and be our substitute for the day? I'm like, nah, nah. It's going to drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> or when I would teach lessons, they, they was a group, and all the other counselors would bring their students in, and I would be teaching the lesson like wow you really found a great way to relate to the kids and to um present that information that lesson to a, a way they could understand that they can really relate to it and hold on to it but like you should really look into being a teacher i think you'd be a great one and i'm like yeah mm. no mm -mm, i don't want to do it um but then one of the young ladies i was working with she transitioned to teaching through teach for america okay and i was in no shade, just real. She wasn't a great counselor. I'm gonna just put that out there. She was not. No, no, it's all, it's all love. It's all love. It's all love. <laughs> she was not the best counselor. Um, and I was like, well, if she could get in, and she don't even really like working with the kids, I think mm -hmm. I got a good shot at this. Um, in my counseling, the organization I was working with, things just kind of started getting kind of crazy 
it became less about the kids. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to try. You know, this is a way for me to transition to teaching without having to go back to school, without having to do um, a career switcher program. And I'll get like on the job training, paid training that would help me transition, those types of things. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I can do that and not have to go through all the other regular roads. And I'm going to just, I'm going to try. And so I got accepted in my two years of service and I have been on this new journey from there. I know that was kind of a long intro, but it's like kind of some. No, that's cool. <laughs> and, and you know, because what I, what I realized is that um, there's, there's two kinds of teachers. You have ones that like, like you said, like since they were young, they always wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I could, I, I think I could kind of split that. Down. No, it's, it's three of them. It's three of them. It's uh, it's one that they always wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, they come from a family of educators or what have you, or, or they had a teacher that really had an impact on them. Right. The number two is the person who kind of stumbled upon it and fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually a career switcher, right? Usually somebody like, oh, I was a, I, I have a friend who was like, I was, was a lawyer for a long time and just didn't like it. Yeah. And then tried teaching and just loved it. So um, that's the second one. And the third one was another person who stumbled upon it. And they're still trying to figure out what to do with the rest of their life. So right. it's one of those three things. So uh, it's always a long story, <laughs> unless it's like I've always, unless, uh, unless it's like I always wanted to be a teacher. So I think that's a dope story, and I, I like, I like how you started because I can tell that it's something you, you had love for the children, and I think that's yeah. probably the first thing you need to become a teacher um, is that uh, you need that love. Um, it's not, it's not, it's, 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 sometimes it's exhaustible, but you need that love. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> number two what are the best things about being an educator um the kids interacting with the kids okay. yeah being creative with the kids and seeing them light up when they really understand something you taught them like them like when that light bulb goes off and you see it in the moment when they get yeah, when they get yeah oh my gosh like yeah, that's yeah definitely thing. when they get it yeah yeah that's the best thing i hear you I- on the flip side of that, what? Um, for me, the worst thing is all the barriers to actually teaching the kids, to actually mm-hmm. being with the students. Um, all the extra paperwork, all the red tape, all the exceptions, all the. Um, I think. I think this quarantine has really showed us the state of education and what's really important in education. Yes. Because yes. the main message that has been sent to me and that what I try to send out to my parents working with our students is that do the best that you can. Focus on, you know, the fundamentals and make it as creative as possible. Make it engaging for your students. Mm-hmm. With them doing away with tests this year, but still trying to focus on teaching and learning, it shows us that maybe those tests really aren't that important. And what is given- Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> what is given, it's given teachers the power back to be creative in the classroom again. Now you having to be creative to figure out ways mm-hmm. to continue to get those lessons and get those skills to students without that constricting structure of, oh, they have to teach this this way because they're going to have to know it on a test later. They're like, no, they just need these broad skills. Now you be creative to figure out how they're going to get it because we no longer have this one curriculum you have to use. We don't have this test we have to teach to. We don't have this one classroom. You know, let's get creative. And it's been so beautiful to see educators really shine show up oh yeah out during this time so yes i, I think yes. for me that's that's the part that i absolutely dread and hate is all the restrictions on teachers all the restrictions to accessing the kids in the most engaging and creative way I, I'm, I'm glad you talked about the test the standardized test because i, I have a, i have a friend of mine and her 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 only child goes to the same school as my as my youngest and um i convinced her to put him in there and um so we were talking and she was like, you know, I, you know, this is really bad. And I was like, well, actually, there's one good thing is they don't have to take, they don't have to take that state test this year. 
and she was like, "Oh my God, I forgot they don't they don't have to take it." And she talked about how how her son just like all the stress that he had about it because he's not a good test taker. Right. Um, that stress is gone. Like it's just like, and he's focusing on just learning, yeah. and he seems just way happier. Um, so I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. We're gonna talk more about the quarantine later on, but I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, we're gonna have a little fun now. Um, okay. Uh, before we get serious again, um, <laughs> what is the funniest thing that's ever happened to you as an educator? Now, uh, and you can give me three. You can give me like three or four because I know there's like I could think of about a hundred, right? Um, like, and I could probably oh. think about two more every time I think of one. I probably think of two more. You can give me like three or four, and they don't have to be like hilariously funny, you know, where you know you're gonna win a, you're gonna win a, a Grammy for. But <laughs> so just, just you know, like, like something think... that that sticks out. Oh man. Um, okay. Well, this is one funny story. <laughs> this is okay. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna just stick with this one because I just it, it it it's endless. Like kids are just hilarious. They're just hilarious. Um, they are. They is, are. They are. <laughs> um, their brutal honesty that because they don't have that that filter yet, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they have it, they're on that brink of tapping into their deceptive personalities when they're still full truth and full honesty. They're just just so hilarious. Um, yeah. So there was this one situation. I, um, by the way, I'm a teacher who works with students who are identified on the autism spectrum. And Got you. So my babies are just unique in all that they do. So um, this one situation, I had a, um, a co-worker working with me um, one day at lunch. And what we have to learn as adults to stop getting into power struggles with, with children. Of course. Oh, my God. Oh <laughs> and my God. some authoritarian figures, um, authoritative figures, don't recognize the importance of, of that. So this is mm-hmm. individual is one of those people. Again, I work with students on the spectrum. So they like to sit in the same seats at lunch. I have to remind people, please don't sit at these tables. These are our lunch tables. My babies, have, they, they don't have assigned seats, but they have assigned seats in their mind. Gotcha. So gotcha. She was going back and forth with one of my students. And he sits in one seat. She decided to sit across from him. Instead of getting her whole entire grown self up and moving to another part of the lunch table, she sits across from him and basically antagonizes him the whole lunch period. She's like, how are you doing? What's for lunch? Oh, you're not going to say anything? Why are you saying that? I'm like, okay, don't try to be nice to him and then like snap off and say something smart. So she just kept going back and forth with him. He was trying to ignore her. He really didn't say anything. She's like, oh, you're going to ignore me? You're not going to say nothing? And it just wow. got to the point wow. that he just got that up and he took his hot dog <laughs> that he was eating and threw it directly at her forehead. <laughs> everything in me not to spit my soup across the table because I was like, in my mind, I was like, that's what you get. <laughs> like, stop. Like, leave him alone. Like, you already got beef with him and you were intentionally trying to pick a fight and he was just like, smack up in the in the middle of her forehead, didn't with no warning that that was coming, <laughs> and I was in tears. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, you're just gonna sit there and let him do it." I was like, "Well, next time, leave him alone." Like, oh yeah, I... like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, you you want this for yourself, ma'am? Okay, so I just it was oh, that that story always makes me chuckle. Just thinking the, about the hot dog I story, right? <laughs> hot dog just flew right across that that page. I mean, square between the eyes. He had perfect placement. It was just amazing. <laughs> and she just gets up and storms off and tries to call the principal on him. And the principal laughed too, because she was just like, really? Like, leave the that's, wild, that's wild. <laughs> that is wild. That is wild. That's just one of many times. So yes. And, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up because there's, there's like in education, there's a school of thought that there are some people that are like, you know, um, is is my way or the highway. It's like right. the rules are black and white. Um, I know that, that there's a lot of schools that are moving away from zero tolerance, um, but you still have that school of thought that feels like, you know, um, 
um, students should suffer the consequences, right? Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times we like to, you know, um, a lot of educators like to browbeat their kids. You know, they like to, um, you know, pick. They do. They like to pick on certain kids. Like, um, I'm very wary of that. When somebody says they're picking on me, I'm like, well, you know, what was said and what was actually going on? Because there's, sometimes there's truth to that. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, now we're gonna get to the to the meat and potatoes because again, <laughs> I discovered you on Instagram, uh, Teacher Talk Tuesdays. How did that come about? Um, it really came about because of the funny stories in my classroom. Like, okay, okay. I was just over the summer. Um, this past summer, I was like just thinking on all of the funny things that happened in my classroom, and I was like, you know what? On the first day of school, I'm just going to kind of share some stuff and, and talk. And I was not ready for the reception that it got. Like, the first video I posted was the second week of school. And it was about the first day of school. But I think I, the way that my week fell in comparison, I ended up posting on the first day of school for Virginia. Um, okay. But North Carolina starts a week ahead. Um, but since I'm from Virginia, it kind of resonated with me. And Tuesday is always the first day of school. So I was like, okay, I'm going to post it on Tuesday, call it Teacher Talk Tuesday, and just kind of chat. So it was like, yeah, you know, I see all these cute pictures of your kids because everybody wants to post a picture of their child on the first yeah, day of school. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I, okay, I see you got your child some fresh Jordans and, <laughs> you know, a new polo shirt and stuff like that. Like, okay, that's great. But did you get them some school supplies, though? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> you sitting here with not the first notebook, not a pencil, but the crease is fresh on them new jeans. I just need to understand. Like, you want me to, like, what, what's happening here? So that that's kind of what um, started it. And it got such a crazy response. I was just not expecting it. So I was like, well, I had fun with that. He responded to it. I'll do another one next week. Mm-hmm same thing just crazy crazy response and it it just kind of took on a life of its own I was not like I was not even expecting to be doing this months from now was it September October November December January February March eight months from now like I was not even anticipating it that it, this would become a part of my life in the way that it had so I, I, I think it's dope I came in late in the game I came in like January I came in like mad late in the game and I was just really impressed with um you was able to put so much information in a minute and some change. You know, um you like you so put you know like and and I think um I think what you were doing is as an educator um and and you know I hang out with a bunch of educators. I think he was like reading our it felt like he was reading our minds right. and putting that information out. And um stuff that we needed to get out. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's it, it's cool. Like that's kind of the same response that I was getting from my educator friends and, and family members and things like that. They were like, yes, yes, that's exactly what I, that happens in my classroom. That's exactly what I'd be wanting to say. And, and mm -hmm. even from my friends who are parents, they'd be like, okay, I'm going to get them together next time. I'm going to go to the store and get the school supplies this weekend. Like they were very receptive. So what I realized um, and what I feel like is really good because now people are like, oh, you should talk about this on Teacher Talk Tuesdays and that on Teacher Talk Tuesdays. And I'm like, that's great. But some people are coming to me to vent about things that they have yeah. problems with with yeah. the educational system. And I'm like, that's great. But the sweet spot of Teacher Talk Tuesdays is to present an issue in a comedic way. And yeah. Yeah. when stuff is a little too serious, I'm like, I don't know how to. I, that's something I can't really flip. I can't really twist that to really get to the meat and potatoes of this situation. Um, so I can't that's not going to be a good topic for this particular platform. I think it's, Got you. your, Got your you. feelings are valid. I think that's a valid issue, but I, it's like, I have to tell people like, yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good topic. And it should be discussed. It's not going to really fit with this because what I want to harness uh, now that it, it has taken on its own life. <laughs> um, what I really want to harness is that, that sweet spot between presenting a real issue, but to kind of break down that barrier between home and school, which sometimes can have conflicts. And what yeah, I want it yeah. to be is a way for us to have conversation in a lighthearted way. Like, yes, 
your child needs school supplies, but I'm not going to sit here and say that you're a bad parent and I don't want you to feel like a bad parent because I'm bringing it to your awareness that, yes, you bought them some new sneakers, but you didn't feel like it was just as important to buy them school supplies that would help them in the classroom. So I'm not trying to browbeat you, like you said. I'm not trying to make you mm-hmm. know demean you for your choices as a parent. Just bring heighten your awareness that this will also support your child in the classroom. You know, so it's it's supposed to be a medium where we can have those conversations without it being a conflict in nature, without condescension. You know, that that can really happen where one or the other parent coming at school and talking down on how they're handling things and school coming at parents on how they're handling things. And I was trying to disseminate that kind of energy when we're talking about something. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and 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 I'm and I'm glad you do because that's I, I kind of feel that's what you're doing. Like like yeah. um you're talking to parents, you're talking to teachers. Like like when you talk about a particular topic, you, you not only talk to the parents, so you also talk to the teachers as well. And right. I think that's dope because it's because it's an issue. You say, Well, here's two sides. Um, here's what we need to do, and here's what y'all need to do. And I know from experience, like it's real talk talking to it's real very talk tough talking to parents about when their child messes up, it's re- it really is like, cause you don't want to say anything. Yeah, and I usually, when I usually call them, I'll say, Hey, you know, I'm just gonna let you know. So-and-so's in my class, like him, really great kid. Da-da-da-da. He does this very, very well. I appreciate you. Um, let me just, but I do want to talk about this issue. And I really try to like convey to them, Hey, I'm a parent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know how tough it is. I know what, I know what the deal is. You know, I have, you know, four kids, a lot of different personalities. They all get down differently. And I try to let them know that I'm on your side. I'm a parent. I get it. And sometimes we're going to slip up and, um, and it's okay. Like it's, it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. Right. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times, you know, as a parent, people, people, I remember when I was a younger parent, you know, I used to spank my kids and I thought that was the way to properly discipline my children. And I remember somebody saying to me, that's not a good idea. And I took that as, and they said it in the, they said it in the most diplomatic and in the nicest way, because I'm very, I'm paraphrasing a lot. They said in the most <laughs> diplomatic, nicest way, scientifically way to, way to say it, um, where I didn't understand half of what they said, but if someone in there that was like, you shouldn't be spanking your kid. And I was insulted. I was upset. Are you saying that I'm a bad parent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not they were trying to say, but I took it that way. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a lesson that I learned. Like, maybe I need to watch how I talk to other parents as well about what they should and shouldn't be doing. You know, g- give them the best practices. You right. know, uh, because it's a learning curve for us, especially if if uh, we weren't taught the skills that we need to actually um, raise our, our babies properly. And not saying that our parents are, ho- are horrible. They got some things wrong, too. So, yeah, it's and that's why I like again, that's why I like your, your Instagram, because it's I can I can show it to people and they first of all, they laugh. And then it's, then it's technically they, they get it. They get it right away. Yeah. So but I think it's dope if you put all that information about a minute and some change. Yes, because. Um, and I thank you for that. I thank you for sharing. I thank you for um, getting what I was trying to give out through it. And I think it's so important to be concise. We're in such a um, swipe society now that I want to make sure that whatever I'm saying is received. So being concise um, is, is so important. And I think mm-hmm. working with younger kids and learning how to condense things so that people get the meat and potatoes in the quickest way possible because our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter by the minute. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure that I'm supporting that, you know. You know, and, and you know what? I might have to disagree with you on that. And um, because, and, 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 I, and this is because I was in the military. I was in the military. And we had a lot of meetings. You know, we had a lot of briefings. We had a lot of what we call musters. Where we, had a, we had a meetup and take attendance. And I remember everything being less than 10 minutes long. I remember everything like, okay, yeah, we got this meeting. This is what y'all got to do. Do this. Do this. This is the marching orders. Do it. Get it done. Get out of my face. Right. And, and when I got out of the military and I got, you know, I went to the corporate world and I was like, why is this meeting three hours long? Why is this meeting? Why, right. you know, why are you telling me stuff? You sent me an email. Why are you telling me stuff? I already know. Why are you? And, and it's like, and I realized that after a certain point, you lose people. You lose adults. You right. lose... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a nerd. I could sit through a three-hour lecture and I could take 20 pages of notes and I got it, right? Right. But I'm a nerd. I'm built for that, you know? But most of the, what I've learned is 
um, most you most adults, you will lose them after 15 minutes. Right. You will lose them. Whatever message you're trying to get to them, they're gonna they're gonna lose it, and they're gonna actually walk away and say, "I wasted my time." Right. Whereas if you can give it to them in 10 to 15 minutes, it's everybody. You know, my my you know my mom's my mom's just 70. Oh, if you can give it to them in 10, 15 minutes, less than 10 minutes, you got them. They're going to remember most of what you say. Exactly. So I don't think it's a matter of that we're in a swipe generation and that, don't get me wrong, we, we consume more than yeah. we did 10 years ago. That I agree with, but I feel like across the board, most people, you lose them after a while. And that's, that's there was a time when I used to do like, le- I used to do lectures and I was like, I don't do lectures, I just do workshops because they just, people retain more information, they participate. Yeah. They, you know, they get to own the information and they retain it and they're good. They had a good time. They're going to book me again. That's Whereas true. if I just run my mouth for an hour, they're going to they gonna lose 95% of that, you know. Absolutely. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, I definitely, so, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I just, you know, and then look, look at it like this, like from one clip of, of Teacher Talk Tuesday, that opens up a discussion that people have. You know, people are still sharing your Instagrams. I'd be finding people sending me Instagrams from when you first started. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, all right, all right. Like, okay, but that, you know, it's dated on this date, but the information is still relevant. What do you think yeah. about that? And I'm like, oh, and we have that. So, you know, there's going to be more discussions off of that. Whereas if somebody sent it to me, to be quite honest, if it was 15 minutes long, yeah, I probably would have not watched it. You know what oh, I'm saying? No. I probably um, would not have been. Yeah, I probably would have been like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd have been like, you know what? I'm not even going to watch this. But it's, it's a minute and a half. I got time. And right. it turns into a two-hour conversation, you know. Yeah. So. That's, that's awesome. So, Thank you. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. I, I want to have you on the show if, it, if you wasn't dope. Trust me. Thank Trust you. me on that. So. <laughs> um, Keep What are your recommendations for parents during this time? And you started talking about the quarantine. Yes. I was just saying thank you, quarantine, for taking it back to basics that education exists beyond just the classroom. And it really starts at home. And it just kind of brought that back as parents are, like, losing their mind. of Like, oh, my gosh, I have to teach my child. That should have been going on anyway. Education mm-hmm. should not be limited to the classroom. It should have definitely began at home first and be reinforced at home first. And I think if that was happening, there would be a lot more gains from our students. Now, um, don't, again, no shade with that. Um, I just feel like that's a part that we've been missing in our communities. Um, mm-hmm. it, and, um, and I know that a lot of that is due to parents having to work a lot. Yeah, yeah. Working mm-hmm. crazy hours, working multiple jobs just to make income. Um, a lot of adults are dealing with a lot of emotional, psychological traumas, and they can't be fully available to their children. Um, and we're not tapping into the, the help that, and assistance that we need because of taboos, because of um, limited resources, and a plethora of other reasons. Um, where our kids are living with older guardians, aunties, grandmas, grandpas um, that are not as connected to current uh, educational realms as far as online learning and things like that, which causes a disconnect. And we're sitting a lot of our kids in front of the TV a lot just to get you know a moment. So. Teaching should have always been happening in the home. And I think that this has really brought it back around. Um, yes. To the importance of that. Um, but the main thing that I tell my parents all the time, I've been trying to equip my parents with as much information and as many strategies, um, especially, like I said, I work with students who um, have different needs than some of the quote unquote average students. But, um, the main thing is to just do your best. Gotcha. <laughs> do not gotcha. overwhelm yourself or your student with trying to get everything done. A lot of teachers have no idea how to really manage an online classroom or what to send kids. And a lot of teachers are kind of throwing a lot of t- 
task as students right now. Yes, um, yes. And it's yes. kind of more of, well, we don't really know what to do, so we're just going to give you everything, and then you yes. can do some of it. Yes, um, yes. And so I know what I've been doing with my virtual classroom is I'm only assigning one task per subject per day. Okay, so, okay. Um, it's like a reading task, a writing task, a math task, and maybe a social studies science related task. Um, so some type of social science task. So at max, it might be four tasks a day. Um, Got you. And then what, again, what I do in my classroom is I am reviewing ex those exact assignments virtually in a live lesson that I then record and parents can go back and review. And then they have the paper copies and an online version. So I wanted to be very clear, and I'm trying to support my parents as much as possible. But I always tell them, I say, hey, don't overwhelm yourself or your student. If either one of you is getting frustrated, walk away. Because mm -hmm. right now, it's not the time for you to try to be getting your teacher license, you know, during all of this that's going on. Like, we're not trying to promote you to professor right now. Like, that's not what's happening. You're sitting here trying True. to figure out how can I keep my child well and sane and safe during all that's going on while we're like, quote unquote, stuck in the house, even though my family don't go out that much because of, you know, other concerns they have for the safety of their child outside of the virus. Um, but still, I know like just the restriction and not being able to go out and get necessities that you need for your child and with my kids taking them out of their routine and trying to create a new routine for them. Yeah. Yeah. Then a lot of stress for my parents. And then to add, okay, now you have to be a teacher and teach them all these skills. They're like, coming. <laughs> my teachers, my parents are coming on a daily basis. Like, I don't know how you do it. I, I just don't even know. How, you, how did you do this all day? I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm with your baby all day. And we're making it happen. But it's okay because I couldn't I couldn't do the other side at night when you're the parent. So I can understand get it the teacher side and how it's overwhelming. So I just tell them, I say, Hey, if either one of you is feeling stressed and frustrated, walk away. Walk away. It'll be there another day. It's okay. It is okay. Um the other thing that I would recommend, read with your baby. Yes, and, um, yes. Teach other skills. There's so many other life skills that kids can be gaining during this time. With, um, so the stimulus check is coming in, maybe. Um, so with the stimulus check coming in, teach your kids about government. How was that passed? Mm. What were the procedures mm. that went through it? Um, okay, now we're getting this $1,200 or $600 or who, who knows. Roll of the dice. We'll see what you get. But now that we have this extra money, how can we now budget it to make sure that our family is okay for however long? Okay, we need this much for bills. We need this much for groceries. Is there going to be some extra money that we might need to save for something else? Teach them about budgeting and money management. Teach them how to cook a meal. In cooking, there you, you have go. science, you have math with measurement and time. Um, and that's creating family time as well. That's yeah. building those bonds that you weren't getting when everybody was working at school all day. Now that you're at home, take advantage of that time. Relish in mm -hmm. those moments together. And don't see it as a burden that you're at home yes. with each other. Yes. Find a positive way to make this a positive memory of for your child. Don't make this another moment of PTSD for our baby. Yes. Find a way to yes. this thing, make it positive and find learning opportunities outside of whatever the teacher is providing. If the teacher is providing it, you're still a parent. You still have a lot that you're teaching your child on a daily basis anyway. And Facts. take advantage of this time um, to really teach them those things that might not be what they say, the old school saying the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> you know, it, that's not all the, be all to learning. You yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. So. 
and I'm and I'm glad that you I'm glad that you you, you talked about how um, you know raising kids is a collaborative effort, yes. right? It really it really wasn't meant to be for just two people. It's a community effort, right? So and teachers play a huge part because they they spend the most time with your kids during the week um, out of everybody else, you know. Um, but I, I always tell I always tell my parents I always say hey you know like I'm on your team you know I'm um, right. I'm rooting for your child I'm you know when they when they win I'm gonna be out there cheerleading for them I'm, you know I'm on your team I'm not against you and I think a lot of times when we when we pull up it feels like it's oppositional you know when yeah. parents come up when they have any think it's like we're the opposition I'm like no 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 we're we're not on the opposing team we're on the same team we just gotta we just gotta figure out a new play um, yeah. and I'm glad you said that that it's you know it does start in the home. Um, and, you know, teaching does start in the home and then it continues in school and then it continues when it gets out of school. And, and adults do this too. We feel like, like, we feel like I go to college and I get my degree. I'm good. That I don't have to yeah. learn anything anymore. And I'm like, no, that's not how that works. You know, you got to continue <laughs> to learn. So it's right. like, you don't just turn it off when you get, when you get your degree, you walk across that stage, you don't turn it off. You're supposed to still learn. So right. um, that's dope. I, I appreciate that recommendation. You hit a lot of points. So you talked about reading. Um, what are you currently reading? Well, um, I will put it out there. I am not one of those teachers who reads books on education all day. Got you. Um, Got you. Same here. Same here. Same here. I, I read for enjoyment. Um, mm -hmm. So I just finished reading Kindred by Octavia Butler. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Because um, uh, she's my favorite author, so she's my oh, she really? was awesome. my, look, she you know, she passed away, but she's she's my favorite sci-fi author, hands down. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. my friend just recently put me on to her. Oh my god! I know I'm so late. I'm so late, but Kindred was so it it just was and it's not her best book. Story. It's not it's not her best book. And and it's not it's and not that's her what best I book. Was told. And I yeah. that's what I was told. And but I, um, it was said. That most of her books are written in series so she was like read this one first to just kind of give you an introduction because it's a standalone and i said okay um yeah. and what i think is really cool and i'm just making a projection um but i think the new jordan peele movie is based off of the story from what the the little uh the little previews and pieces that I've seen. I was like, that's okay. That's which, which Jordan Peele movie is this? The, um, it's about to come out. It's called, um, or it's called. If you don't remember, that's fine. Just... If you don't remember that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, leaving cause I... me. It... Yeah. Cause I, <laughs> it cause, cause I know. Released yet. Cause I know they're supposed to be writing. They're supposed to be writing a series of one of her books. So I just oh, don't remember okay. which one it was there. They're doing a series. Jordan Peele is producing it. He's doing a series of one of her books, um, and I believe it's Parable of the Soul, which is my favorite, which is my favorite book. And I'm actually rereading it now. Oh, awesome. uh, um, yeah, we're reading it now. Shout out to um, to the homie. Oh, I can't believe I forgot her name. We was in Next Level together. We was in Next Level 2.0 together back in 2015. Um, and uh, Mad Lines, Mad Lines for California. Shout out. She's an MC. She's dope. And she was like, hey, let's read it. And I'm like, that's my favorite book. Um, because pretty much what she talks about in Parable of the Soul is actually happening now. Um, oh. So, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, and, and it gets, it's really dope, um, um, and I, I think that's her best work. The, her Xenogenesis series is also good. Yeah. Um, but she really plays with, you know, sociology, yeah. you know, how human humans treat each other, right. as you saw in Kindred. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, and, but yeah, but I'm glad you got to choose Octavia. She's, she's, she's just great. She's just amazing. Yeah. Like one of the great ones, one of the great ones. Yeah. And, and, and I'm the same way. Cause a lot of people assume that I'm always reading books on education and I'm like, nah, I read a lot of, I'm a nerd. I read a lot of sci-fi, read a lot of fantasy. So, um, yeah, so I get it, but that's dope. I'm glad you picked Kindred. And I think that's the most accessible work that she has. You can get like any library. Right. Get an audio book, you know, audible, so it's really accessible. Yeah. Um, and I think the latest edition has like a, the in the back they have like study group questions. So yes, mm -hmm. yeah, this one did. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, yep. And what is a book you'd recommend to other educators? Again, I mm, I recommend reading for pleasure, and the reason gotcha. I say that gotcha. is because. Um, we have so many books that we're 
as educators, like you said, we should continue to learn. And so we go to all these professional developments and things like that. And you have all these books that you kind of are asked to read to, to learn about different strategies and, and things like that. But I think mm-hmm. when we don't read for enjoyment, we can't teach kids to be readers who read for enjoyment. When we're reading constantly for information, then we're only teaching kids to read to learn. Instead of teaching them to learn to love to read, because yes. when you just yes. love to read, then you'll naturally want to read to learn. When we gotcha. take that out and just force kids to read to learn all the time, then they end up having a, dis- a distaste for it. But if we don't love to read, then we can't put that in them. So, no, no, I agree. And, and you know- that. That's my record. And it's funny because that's that, that's the advice that I give to parents. I'd be like, they'd be like, well, how can I get my child to read? And I'm like, well, do you read? And they'd be like, nah. I'm like, well, you can't really get them to read if you're not reading. You can't really, you can't get them to eat vegetables if you're not eating vegetables. Right. So, so if you read, they're gonna definitely read. That's it's gonna be easy for them to read. But I, I agree. I think, I think, um, like I was talking about earlier, a lot of us graduate from college and feel like I don't gotta read another book again. And and you're right. We should love. I'm not saying we should love reading. Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we should love reading because I love reading. Damn it! But um, you don't have to love love reading, but you should be reading consistently. And from my experience, I got more lessons reading like fiction and books that weren't about education um, versus um, um, like stuff that dealt with theory. So, so I I agree with you on that. Um. And the last question that I have for you is, do you have any advice for educators to be? So if I'm, this is my last year in um, um, college and I'm becoming an educator in the fall, what would you tell me? Don't do it. Oh, no, I'm just um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know um, you're an educator. Because you'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, what? Bro, don't do fail. it. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say make sure that you have your why don't ever lose sight of your why um, or the other things in education will eat you up um, okay so that's that's the main thing um know why you're you're know why you're here know why you're doing it and if you remember that then all the other things, even though they're hard and they'll frustrate you and you'll get upset about it and you'll think about walking away every other day, you won't because you're better. That's all. I usually tell them um, um, you're going to feel like Hawkeye on the Avengers. Everybody has <laughs> every day. That's how you're going to feel like you're going to see a teacher do something. You'll be like, man, how you do that? You know, man, how you do that so effortlessly and you're going to always feel like a dummy, no matter how much education, how good, no matter how good you are, how great you are, how many people tell you that you're great, you're always going to feel like you're inadequate. Um, And there are going to be days, the second thing I tell you, there's going to be days when you're going to, you're going to feel like flipping your desk over and walking out. And I'm going to say that's about, I'm going to say that's about depending, it's probably about 50% of the time. And that's an actually normal feeling. We're all going through it. Don't think that oh, you're yeah. the one that's not going through that um, because oh, yeah. and it'll eventually the pain will go away for that day and you'll be good the next day. But just you're going to have those days and they're going to come a lot, usually a lot more than the days when it's, you know, birthday cakes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I said you got to hold on to that. Why? Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be those days. And, but if you hold on to that, then you'll have motivation. All right. Like you said, be easy on yourself. Have have patience with yourself. Treat yourself with kindness, and treat your kids with kindness, and you'll get there. True indeed. True indeed. True indeed. Anything. And the movie, yes. real quick, is Antebellum. Okay, That's Antebellum. Released yet? Oh, it's a movie. Yeah. It's not a series. No. Yeah, it's a movie. Okay. But as I read the book, because I saw the trailer for Antebellum. And it was very, very little bits and pieces. So I was like, I don't know what this movie's about to be about, but that's how Jordan Peele does his little previews. Yeah, I really want you to know what yeah. the movie's about. But then when I read the book and I saw the previews again, I was like, um, mm, that's looking kind of familiar. So it's supposed to be released 
towards the end of this month with all this going on. Who knows how they're gonna release it or if they'll release it, but Antebellum it has Janelle Monet in it. Oh wow. Um I believe she is the the star. I think she'll be taking that lead role. Um so keep your eyes peeled for how they're gonna take it from the page to the screen. And and as much as I love Janelle Monet, I hope she I hope she took some acting lessons. So I hope she, I, I love her. I love, love, love her. But she's just like, I was like, bruh, gotta do a little bit better. But hopefully she did. Hopefully, hopefully she did. Because Mary, if Mary J. Blige can turn it around, because Mary J. Blige was horrible for years. And then she turned it around in that Netflix movie. I was like, oh, okay, Mary J. Blige. And then when she was in that that TV show, um, Umbrella Academy, I was like, is that oh, Mary yes. J. Blige? I was like, oh, she did my really God. good in Umbrella. She did really yeah. good. But before that, before that Netflix show, I was like, she need to stop. And um, so, you know, but and I love Mary J. Blige too. So, you know, but I hope Janelle Monet could do it, especially in a big, if it's Jordan Peele's doing it, it's a big production. So exactly. Yeah. So, and like yeah. you said, this is a, a a beloved author. Like, don't, don't, yes, story yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But that's, that's a, another note. <laughs> and, 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 and she said, she said she never wanted to see her stuff on the screen. Mm. She said, "Yeah, she she, you know, and because she was, she's very, she was very introverted, like a lot of writers. She was very introverted, um, right? So she like, um, she like, you know, kept to herself. Um, but she's an amazing writer. Um, all her stuff. There is one book that she has that she says she never wants to see published again. And I actually, I don't, I don't own it, but I did find it at the local library. They had it. They literally had it in the vaults. They had to, mm. they had to go into the basement and have someone bring it up, and then it was like special order." And I was like, oh, wow. I can see why she didn't want this one to see the light. But um, but, mm. but other than that, Parable of the Sower, which the sequel is Parable of the Talents, is amazing. Mm. Her, be- her best work by far. Um, mm. But uh, but you um, you can enjoy Kindred. Um, I just think that like everybody's like, oh, I read Kindred. And I'm like, well, she got better ones. But I'm a snob. So. <laughs> so I'm a- and, and, to be, and to be honest, the story was was captivating mm-hmm. but the writing was not that great to me i feel you and and i'm glad um, i'm glad i didn't start off with kindred i started off with wild seed which is another great one but that's a long series that's a long series um i started off mm-hmm. with wild seed and i had the second to second cover the second cover is beautiful it's gorgeous um and um and it has like one of my favorite characters my, my favorite characters of all time and um so i started off with wild seed and it hooked me. And I read Kindred. Matter of fact, I didn't read Kindred until I met my wife because she had a copy. And I read it. And then and then I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's not her best work. Like, I'm glad. Because if I had read that first, <laughs> I'd have been like, you know, um, I'm good. You know, so. Yeah. Well, it's not enough to deter me because, like I said, her mind to create that story was kept the part that captivated me and why I kept reading it. Because, but it took me a minute to read it. Yeah, like yeah. I had to recheck the book out about three times because yeah. I was just not a fan of her writing style. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got like halfway through the book, I was like, "Huh, but what's happening next? Yeah. I need to know now." And so the last time I read it, I read it like I read the end and like I read that the second half of the book in like a day. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> because... a, yeah. I'm not gonna lie; it's a quick read. I'm not gonna lie; it's you know, her most a lot yeah. of her stuff is very quick to read. So, like, I read a yeah. lot. So, when the friend of mine was like, let's do Parable of the Soul, I was like, let's go. You know, so, because it's, it's a quick read. Um, and I think, and I so recommend I'll check it. that one out, Nick. Um, You know, there's trigger warnings. You know, there's, you know, um, it's, it, it gets really, like, think Road Warrior bad. Like, think Road mm-hmm. Warrior. It gets really bad and ugly. But the main character, the conversations, because she's writing in a journal. The, the, you know, yeah. the conversations that she's having, you're just like, oh, my God, it's so relevant to what's going on right now. Um, so, but it's really powerful. So it's really, really dope. Um, uh, you know, and I know we, we can go on and on about Octavia Butler. Anything else you want to <laughs> say or talk about before we go? No, I'm, I'm good. And I just thank you for having me. And I appreciate that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm glad, I, you know, I, I was assuming here I am being naive. I was assuming like, she's probably mad busy, you know? <laughs> so when I asked you, was like, yeah, I was like, oh shit. She responded. So I was like, cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. I'm how can people get a hold of you? Person. Um, well, of course, 
it's Tuesday, so make sure to check out Teacher Talk Tuesday. It is all t- spelled together on Instagram. Um, and on there, you'll find laughs as well as lessons. And not just um, the videos for Teacher Talk Tuesday. I also like to highlight awesome people who are educating within and outside of the classroom walls as well. Things that'll make you chuckle or think. So. Yeah, you shout out my homeboy Ronnie. You shout me and Ronnie go back. Oh my God. <laughs> Ronnie Sydney, we go, go me and Ronnie Sydney go back. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I've known I'm talking Ron, about like 20 um, years. I'm talking about like 20 years, yo. I'm talking about like wow. 20 years. Me and Ronnie Sydney go back. We go back. I remember he was a fresh-faced freshman. So definitely. So once again, uh Brenda for Teacher Talk Tuesday, thank you for coming again. Um, it was a pleasure, it was a dope conversation. Um, and we appreciate you with my killer tape at. So peace. There you have another dope episode of where my killer tape at. Um, again, if you need to book me for any um, panel discussions or lectures or workshops, um, holler at your boy via Gmail, dantresomi, D-A-N-T-R-E-S-O-M-I at gmail.com. If you want to continue the conversation on Instagram or Twitter, um, use the hashtag with my killer tape at killer spelled K-I-L-L-A. Um, if you want to join our um, Ebony Reb online book club, also hit me up on the email as well. This information will be in the show notes. If you just want to holler at your boy, um, you can do it two ways. You can do the official uh, Twitter account, which is Omi's podcast, O-M-I-S podcast. Or you can hit me up personally at Dan Trezomi on Twitter, D-A-N-T-R-E-S-O-M-I. Thank you once again for listening and peace.